0: You're all very good looking. You know why? Because I see Jesus in your eyes. That's why. God is good. All the time. Try that again. God is good. All the time. And God all the time. I can't I can't even do it. I can't even do it right. So I'm gonna have a little fun. You guys wanna have a little fun with me? Yeah. This sermon today is called Oh give thanks. Oh give thanks. Because I'm a simple minded kind of guy. Can you throw those verses up there for me, Miss Jackie, the first set? So you see, I highlighted for you, oh, just in case you didn't know where it was. Yeah, so, so what we want to do is when we read those, these verses, at that point, you're, part of, of your, you're preaching with me today. So your, your part would, would be to go, oh, do it, try it, oh, some of you look like you're in pain. You okay? I don't care how you do it as long as you do it with enthusiasm. So let's try reading this. I'll tell you, first service did a great job, but I told them, you can ask if you were here first, I told them second service will probably do better than you. They'll probably one-up you because that's how you guys are. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Of course, there's only about half as many here, so you're going to have to work hard to one-up them, but let's read verses 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the to the God of you got mess you messed me all up, man, with that. Oh, blew me away. Okay, try it again. Give thanks to the God of gods for His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lord for His mercy endures forever. Let me pray before you guys owe me again. Lord, I'm sorry. We yelled at him. Oh, that's the, There you go. Man, all right, we're going home now, thank you. Um, all right, we're going to pray, because I'm going to preach to you guys a little bit. Lord, we thank you, and we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. Thank you for this season, and I know that even in this, this nice group, Though we're not big in numbers, I know that there are few here today that maybe are struggling with thankfulness because of, because of life, because of situations, because of things. And there's others here like myself who love the holiday, who are thankful. It's a reminder of, as we move towards Christmas, what Jesus did for us. He came from the throne to become a baby, to redeem the world. And I pray that as we work through this today, that we would leave this place encouraged, thankful, and glad to be in the house of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I think the psalmist is trying to tell us something, don't you? Oh, give thanks. And he says all three times, for his mercy endures for three days. Forever. His mercy endures forever forever. Man, I know that there's a, a, lot of t- a lot of people in our society today that find it really easy to receive compliments and a little harder to give thanks. Don't you notice that? Go to the store and, and sometimes your checker is just not as friendly as they used to be. Customer service is a dying art. But can I say this too? Some of you customers, <laughs> you know, I try to make it a point when I check out somewhere to put a smile on my face and, and just tell them, sometimes I'll just feel led of the Lord to say, God bless you, or, or Jesus loves you, and, and thank you, or thank you for what you do. Thank you, thank you for helping me today. And, it, and they don't get to hear that enough. Because we're all about what's in it for me. That's how the world tries to proset, pros, uh, portray things today, that it's more important to receive than it is to give. And we know that is not a Christian attitude now, is it? As a matter of fact, the psalmist said, or excuse me, Apostle Paul said this about the last days. He said, "An, an unthankful heart is going to be something that is going to be a sign of those times." Look at Second Timothy chapter three, verses one and two. Paul wrote, "But know this: that in the last days, perilous times will come. for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Can I get a witness? unthankful, unholy. Go on and read verses 3, 4, and 5 when you get home later because there's a whole list of of things, of behaviors that I see today that that identify us as living in the last times. But, But one of those things is that people are unthankful. People just don't give a rip about other people anymore. They don't care. It's all about what's in it for me. And I know that none of us are as thankful as we should be all the time. Now, are we? I'm not. Maybe some of you are. But I'm not as thankful as I should be all the time. I'm not 100% consistent. But I love what Luke says about that in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. He says, Love your enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, for you will be sons of the Most High. Here's the part I want you to catch. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Can I tell you something right now? Even if you are one of those people that cannot think of anything to be thankful for, you can be thankful for this. You can be thankful that he is kind to the unthankful before Christ and the evil. If you're sitting here and you're in Jesus Christ, you should be thankful that he was kind to you, that in his mercy he extended the gift of salvation to you. And that's why we're encouraged over and over again in the Scriptures to give thanks. It's just, it's repetitious. Is that a word? Repetitious. It's not? I I like that word. Somebody write that down because I'm repetitious. I'm I'm sending that to Webster. We're going to put that one. (laughs) Repetitious, yeah. It's in the King James. You'll look it up. Psalm 92, verse 1, it says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. Most high, Psalms 106 verse 1 says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures again for three days. Oh, forever, forever. Psalm 107, identical verse, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures. Listen, these are just a few of the verses throughout scripture that 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 the Lord exhorts us encourages us, calls us out to be thankful. Man, if you're in Christ, we should be thankful. We should not be running around. You know what I like to call some Christians? They got the Eeyore religion. Woe is me. You guys know who Eeyore is from Winnie the Pooh, right? Woe is me. Man, tell your face to smile, would you? We need to be thankful because his mercy endures forever. And God is good all the time. And we find we find this this idea of giving thanks or or being thankful in the scripture seventy three times. Seventy three times it's in your Bible about being thankful. Didn't say that you have to be thankful because you got a bank full of money. Doesn't say that you have to be thankful because you walk in good health. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His mercy endures forever. That's what we need to be thankful for this, this holiday season. If you can't think of anything else, I just gave you one. Remember last week I asked you to write down ten things that you're thankful for? Some of you couldn't even come up with ten, but I just gave you one. I'm going to give you a couple more right now. Number one, we can be thankful because he is faithful. Thank you, Mike. Is this thing on? Hello, 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 hello. We can be thankful because he is faithful. Yeah. I'm fishing, huh? You can see me fishing. Come on, pull that, pull that amen out of you. Woo! There you go. How do you know? How do you know? How do I know? God's faithful. How do we know that? How do we know that God is faithful? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter, 9, chapter 1, verse 9. It says, for God is faithful, and, and here's what I'd say. If you've got your Bible, take it, get to that verse, and just scratch out the, 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 the comma and put a period there. God is faithful, period. God is faithful, period, by whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He was faithful from calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light, period. God's faithful. That's how I know he's faithful. Why? Because he said he is. It's in his character. Letter A. It's in his character. It's it's in his DNA. He can't not be faithful because he is faithful. God is not a man that he should lie, is he? God is God all by himself, and he's faithful. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. And those who love him and keep his commands. He's faithful. Look at Revelation chapter 19. Verse 11, the first part of that verse says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and that day's coming. And he who sat on him was called what? Faithful, Faithful, so his name. His very name, one of his attributes, and I've been telling you, I'm already putting some stuff together to to take this church through a series teaching you the names of God. But one of those names is faithful and true. I know God's faithful, and I'm thankful that he's faithful. That word faithfulness means that someone's trustworthy, right? It's a basic definition, loyal, reliable, dependable. It speaks about someone who can be counted on. You know you can count on God? You can count on him because he's faithful. faithfulness The faithfulness of God is the foundation of your faith. Without God's faithfulness, you have no faith in Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for him being faithful to you first. You guys getting this? It's really quiet. If it wasn't because God was faithful to you first, you would not have an opportunity to be in faith. There would be no hope of eternal life. You know, men will fail you. He will, but God never will. God never fails. He's never broken a promise. He's never broken a promise. Do you know? Can, can I just step away from this for a second and tell you something about how much God loves you? That everything in here, every promise in here is for every one of you. It's not just me because I'm his favorite. I get to have them first because I'm his favorite, but they're for you too. No, I'm kidding about that. But God's word, God's promises, they're yes and amen, Mike. They, they, and he's never broken a promise. He's never spoken something that he did not keep. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56 says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest. Somebody needs to hear that. Rest. Rest. Some of you, when I was praying for you, a couple of you, I, I and I did this the first service too. I just asked you to exhale, and I felt just the junk, the the world, the the stress, the the heartache, just come out of some of you. You just, and it was gone. Bless be the Lord. Who has given us given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Listen, there has not failed one word of all his good promise. Not one word. Not one word has failed. It, 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 it's not going to come back void. It, it goes out and accomplishes that what God set it out to do. Amen. If you're not receiving a promise of God in this in this book, it's just because it's not time yet. If he gave you every promise right now, he'd blow your stinking mind. You wouldn't be able to handle it. Your brain would literally blow up. Todd would have to scrape it off the walls. Or I would. And and that, the fact that God has never broken his promise, and and the fact that God is faithful, faithful because it's in his character, that gives us confidence in prayer. It gives us confidence when we come to him in prayer that God is faithful, that what he says that he'll do. And so you come boldly to the throne. 1 John 5 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask what? A couple things? No, anything according to his will, he hears us. He what? He hears you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked him for. What does that mean? God answers prayer. Here's the problem. Yes, no, or wait. We're good with the yes. We don't like the no or the wait, do we? Most of us, that rest part we just talked about, it just kind of eludes us. We want it now. We want it yesterday, God. That's me, right? Yeah, microwave generation. But too bad we serve a crock pot God. You know what I'm saying? He's a slow cooker. You know what I'm saying? But he's never late. Jeremiah 33, now I don't often tell you, go to your Bibles, but if you have a Bible or a PDA or a PDA, those don't even exist anymore, right? Electronic device, you even know what a PDA is? You got one? Nice, praise God. I don't even know what it is either, but it's one of those first electronic things. But anyway, you should highlight this, you should circle this, you should underline this because this is God's phone number. Okay, Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Anybody need to know something? Anybody lacking some information? Anybody lacking a little bit of wisdom in their life? You know, the the Bible says that he who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. You know why Solomon was so rich? Because he asked God for wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. But he was smart, man. Uh, Yeah, I want wisdom. Then I'll figure out where the money's at. You know what I'm saying? Then we'll figure out how to build that building. I'm not smart enough to do that on my own. I gotta ask God. You know what I mean? Is there anybody here today? I know I'm I'm kind of harsh on you today. It's because it's Sunday. I want to tell you a story, and and uh, it's it's a good story. It's about a man. His name was. It's it's a real story too. Roger Roger. No, this is a real story. This one's not funny. I know I tell a lot of jokes, but this was good, Roger, Roger Sims, he's a man who just got discharged from the military, and was hitchhiking to go home, and a nice luxury Cadillac pulled over, and a very distinguished older gentleman picked him up, and said, son, you on leave, he said, no sir, I I just got discharged, and I'm heading home, he said, well, if you're heading to Chicago, this is the right car for you, so he said, well, I'm on the way, so he jumped in, and they're going down the road, and they're talking about things, and and the, and the Holy Spirit moved on on Roger's lie, uh, heart and, and asked him to to share the gospel with this distinguished gentleman. His name was Mr. Hanover. And he wrestled with that because here's a rich, eccentric man who doesn't look like he needs anything, and here's a young military guy just getting discharged. What do I have to offer him? Anybody ever feel like that? So it's getting closer to his home and the Holy Spirit's pressing on his heart and and he finally relents and, and he says Mr. Hanover can I share something with you and he said sir sure son go ahead and and he begins to tell him about Jesus and about the gospel and about the, the salvation of Jesus Christ and and about that time Mr. Hanover just pulls over and he's weeping uncontrollably and he receives Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior right there in that car and so he composed himself and they got they got uh Roger home and uh, Roger didn't think too much about it. Over the years, he thought about him a few times. But about five years later, Roger had been married and and now has a business. And he was going to Chicago on a business trip, and he thought oh, I'm going to look up Mr. Hanover just to see what's going on. And he he went to Hanover Enterprises, and the secretary said, Well, it's not it's not possible for you to see Mr. Hanover, but maybe we can get you in with Mrs. Hanover. And so he went in to speak with her, and 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 they just kind of began to talk and 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 she says, "You knew my husband." He said, "Yeah, yeah. he picked me up when I got discharged." and she said, "When was that?" And he told him that, told her the date and And she just looked at him and she said, "Was there anything that' significant that happened that day in and, and your right and, and he's nervous now. He's thinking, uh, maybe him receiving Jesus was a source of contention in their marriage, and but he told her, Yeah, uh, you know he received Jesus." And she started weeping uncontrollably. And she said that she had been praying for her husband for years and that he had actually died that very night. He dropped off Roger, and on his way to Chicago, he was killed in a motor, motor vehicle accident. So, so we said, don't know, family. We don't know what God has in store. And, and, you know, I have a very similar story in my life. My dad drank himself to death at the age of 45 years old, very young man. And he was a heathen. Didn't want to talk about God. God was not in our house. We didn't know anything about religion. He had a woman uh, that would come to his house and help write checks for him because he was too shaky to pay his own bills. And he passed away, and, and I got saved a short time after that. And and I thought for years, you know, I don't think my dad stood a chance. Twenty years later, I'm I'm talking with my aunt, who was my dad's sister, about about a funeral for my uncle who had just passed away and she said, Ronnie, she calls me that, you don't. <laughs> she, said, she said, Ronnie, I don't think I ever told you like this is something you would want to forget. But anyway, for whatever reason, 20 years after he dies, she said, you know, just before your dad died, he called me in the middle of the night, weeping. and He said, I have to tell you, I have to tell somebody, Jan, that I gave my life to Jesus. And and it was a couple days later where they were talking again, and, and he, he made it very clear because my dad was in and out of AA and NA, and uh, he made it very clear. He said, this isn't an AA higher power. This is Jesus Christ I gave my life to. So I didn't find out for 20 years after my father died that he gave his life to the Lord. So here's what I'm saying, guys. He's faithful. It's in his character. He, he woulds that none would perish, but all would come to know him. Amen. I don't know if you've lost loved ones, but I hope that encourages you if you have and you're not sure about their, about their eternal status. I didn't know for 20 years. Now I'm looking forward to that reunion. You know what I mean? God is good. All the time. Well, I'm only on my second point under the first thing first there. Jeez, He's faithful, even when we're not. God is faithful, even when we're not. Psalm 119, verse 70, 75 says, I know... Caught you off guard. I know, oh. Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness, this is hard, you have afflicted me. You know, it's easy when times are hard to, to think that God has turned his face from us. It's, it's easy. Have you ever felt that way? When you're in the valley, or it, it, there's, it, the Bible talks about seasons and how sometimes it feels like God is distant. God is never distant from you. He's faithful and he's always there. Even when we're not faithful, God is faithful. And he, and he allows us to walk through affliction and walk through trials in our life so that He can. it's how he shows his love and devotion towards us because he's not willing to leave you where you are. He loves you too much. Everything I've had to go through. And trust me, during some of it, I thought, man, God, why do I have to endure this? Why do I have to be walking through this? Now, looking back, I think, I see why. Because God had a path for me. And sometimes Ron Wilson wants to choose his own. Not that any of those things were bad. I could have done a lot of things. I always wanted to serve the Lord. I could have stayed in the rescue ministry. I could have worked there forever, made six figures a year, did really good. But God said, no, I've got something I need you to do in Las Vegas. I said, where, Lord? Las Vegas. Why, Lord? Las Vegas. Okay, God, I'll go. Las Vegas. Really? And I'm glad about it. Amen? Amen. God is good. And and the things that God permits to happen in our lives aren't always good, now are they? But Romans chapter 8 says this, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. All things work together. Look at your neighbor and say, all things. Some of you need to hear whatever you're walking through. You will get to the other side of it, and you will understand why and what the purpose of it was for. Amen? Amen. His faithfulness, letter C, is continual. It doesn't stop. He doesn't say, well, I'm not going to be faithful today. Yeah, I don't feel like being faithful today. Sometimes we, we say that, huh? I don't feel like serving the Lord today. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I don't feel like praying today. But he's always faithful. What are you laughing at, Dean? It's true. We, we just do those things. In Psalm 119, verse 90, He says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. So just like the earth abides, nothing has knocked it off kilter. Nothing has knocked his faithfulness towards you off kilter. Amen? Nothing you can do will stop him from being faithful towards you. Nothing. You can turn your face to him, you can blaspheme him, and he'll still be faithful to you. Yes. Amen. He will still love you. He will still, he will still desire you. He will still want you to be part of his kingdom. I'm starting to preach, and we only got 10 minutes left. Just, your husband's name is Ronnie. Just look at Malachi chapter 3. Don't throw me off my game, I'm, I'm starting to preach right now. It says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. And, and, and our four-square theme verse, you want to read it with me? He did the to the same yesterday, 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 today, and, and for He's the same. He doesn't change. God is faithful. No one can ever accuse God of being unfaithful. And I know it feels like it sometimes. I know it feels like, God, where are you? But trust me, he's there. D. His faithfulness comes from his compassion. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Listen, God's faithfulness comes out of his merciful, loving kindness towards you. He's compassionate towards you, and they don't fail. Listen, I don't know what you did last night. Maybe you tied one on. Maybe you did something stupid, but his mercy today is fresh and new. Great is his faithfulness. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, let's do it. Oh! Oh! Hallelujah. I, I wrote this down. I'm going to read this to you twice, because this was like this was like heavy for me because I'm a simple-minded kind of person. If it were not for the love of God, the law of His holiness would demand and execute our judgment. I'm going to read it again. If it were not for God's love towards you, the law of His holiness would demand and execute our judgment. In other words, if it wasn't because He loved you so much, if it wasn't because He was compassionate towards you, your sin would be enough to condemn you. It would be enough to charge you and to try you and to convict you, would it not? But because his love is so great towards you, because his compassion is so, so towards you, he sent his son Jesus. As a matter of fact, the death of Jesus on the cross for our sin is the fulfillment of God's law. It is the fulfillment of God's, of God's judgment. You won't have to stand before him if you're in Jesus Christ and give an account for your past life for the for the slapping of Jesus in the face. You won't have to do that. You'll stand before him, righteous sons and daughters of God. Come on, somebody! Amen. It's the blood of Jesus that covers us, that makes us white as snow, Amen. though our sins are are part of our heritage and part of our life. His His blood it just covers it, and it's and it's awesomeness. No, it's awesome sauce. The blood of Jesus is awesome sauce, brother. Put some of that on your turkey this week, huh? That's something to be thankful for right there. All right, here's my second point. He's forgiving. That's something to be thankful for. And I know we kind of wrapped it around all his his faithfulness. It's all tied together. He's faithful and he's forgiving. Let's Let's read my favorite verse. For God so loved the world. Come on. That He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But we have to pick up 17 today because it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Listen, there is there now for no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He did not come period. He did not come to this world to condemn the world, but through his Son we would be saved. He is, he is forgiving. He is faithful and he forgives us of our sin, and that only is through His Son Jesus. It only comes through Jesus. Acts four says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You can't come through Allah. You can't come through Buddha. You can't have a dream like Joseph Smith. You can't do any of those things. It's just through... I'm not trying to bash anybody who's ever been brought up in those kind of... And, And again, His love extends to everybody. All religions. Muslims. God loves Everybody. He wants everybody to know his son Jesus and to experience the same forgiveness that you and I have had. I've only got three amens. Who's your neighbor? Who's your daddy? He, he, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for who? Jesus suffered the consequences of our sin for everybody. He tasted death and he defeated death for everybody. I love that about my God. Don't you? Oh. Letter B. His forgiveness, it's complete. It's not lacking anything. And it's not, it's not just for some and not for others. Colossians chapter two verse th- thirteen says, "And you, you tell your neighbor, you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with with him, having forgiven you how many of your sins? All of them. All of them. One, one John one seven says." The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, son cleanses us from all sin. Listen, your sin is not heavier than the next person's. Yeah, but I killed somebody. There may be somebody sitting here that did. There may be. I was in a situation one time where something happened, and I am not real sure. I don't think he died, but I'm not real sure. I don't know, but God knows. But this, this I do know my sins are covered. Whatever it is. There was an, another story I want to close with about a seven year old little boy, his name's Matthew, who's riding with his mom in, in, in the town they lived in, and it was raining, so it wasn't Las Vegas, obviously. Unless it was a monsoon, that could be. And he's watching the windshield wipers as they do their work, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. And he says, Mom, I've been thinking. And she said, What's that? The rain is like sin, and the windshield wipers are like God, wiping away our sins. And you know, after the, chill, the goosebumps stopped tingling her spine, she said, Matthew, that's good. Did you notice how the rain keeps on coming? What does that tell you? And without hesitation, without blinking an eye, he said, it tells me that we keep on sinning and God just keeps on forgiving us. That's what I want to tell you today. It's continual. His forgiveness has no limitations. It's for everybody. And finally, his forgiveness is freeing. I I don't know how how to tell you this, But some of you are so bound in your heart. People that I come in contact with, especially those that are guests that we serve at, at the food bank, some of them are just bound, and they're, and they're just searching. And, 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 and some of you even know, and they, and they say they love Jesus, but, but they haven't experienced this part yet. They don't understand that, that God's forgiveness frees us from the bondage. We don't have to be held in captivity anymore. And until we know that, until we experience that, until we understand it in our heart that we can be free, because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Look, I'm not saying you get, you get saved and all your baggage goes away. But what I'm saying is there has to be a revelation of this. Because Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, while I was punching Jesus in the face, while I was slapping him on the jaw, he forgave me. While we were putting crowns of thorns and whipping him with the, nine, the, 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 the tail, the yeah, you know, that thing. He says, I love you. He's looking in our eyes and he says, I love you. I forgive you. You're free from that. You're free from condemnation. He looked at the two sinners and and one of them, he looked at him, and he said, Lord. And Jesus just said, you'll be with me in paradise today. You're free from that. The last minute of his life. My dad, the last minutes of his life. God sent a a person to, to write his checks and this person said the sinner's prayer with him and it made a difference in it it made enough difference to call his sister in the middle of the night who had a severed relationship so that he would be clear that somebody would know that he would confess before man that jesus christ is his lord and it set him free i believe i don't know for sure because the timing's kind of weird nobody knows for sure he was in his house dead for at least three weeks before anybody found him or three days excuse me three days I believe as soon as he got free, Jesus said, come on home. Because you're, you're, you just drank yourself to death a long time ago. Next verse, Jackie. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me? Man, I've just given you two really good things to be thankful for. Two really good reasons. Because of his faithfulness and because of his forgiveness. Now, you're here today, and many of you I know, many of you I've had the privilege of leading you in the sinner's prayer. But my question to you lands on this last point Are you free? Are you free? Are you free from those things that try to keep you bound? Because Christ didn't die just to give you a little bit. He, he died to give it all to you. If you're here right now and you'd say, you know, Pastor, there are some things that I am not free from and I want prayer right now. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. And maybe you're here this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are still going. And if you're here this morning and you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, I'm going to pray this, this prayer right now. And if you would pray this and meet it in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. You become family. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I accept that gift you've given me. Free me. Free me from the bondage of my past free me from the condemnation from the enemy, and free me from the lack of self-esteem in my life. In your name I pray, amen. Lord, I pray for every person under my voice right now, especially those who lifted their hands that are still caught up and still struggling with things. Our walk will always be full of struggles, but to raise their hand would say to signify that I'm done in this area that I surrender. And Lord, I pray that you would meet us right there, right at that place of surrendering, that you would remove that bondage, remove that stronghold, remove that mindset in the name of Jesus, that we would leave this place free, that there would be weights lifted off our shoulders, that we would truly be, truly be thankful, not just going through the motion because it's Thanksgiving, but we would truly be thankful because we have a Lord and Savior Who freed us from our sin and forgave us of our trespasses. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.